Welcome to the Dumb Weebs Podcast. I am your host, VLORGTZ, and with me, I have my fellow weeb, Allison. Hello, it's your local thirsty man. Uh, where is our other people today, VLORG? They are lost in the void, never to be seen again. Oh yeah, you're right, I threw them in there last week. Those poor souls, they, they never knew what hit them. But luckily, we have a replacement, our special guest and good friend, master of the podcast, Infinity Stones. Ladies and gentlemen, we bring you Marion. It's me. What's up? (laughs) Oh, God. Is supposed to be a reference to something? John Cena? Yeah. That's John Cena! Marion is John Cena confirmed. <laughs> that's literally that's literally my uh, my theme whenever I, I do light novel reviews on Good Friends. Oh my god. Uh, that, that's amazing. You know the one that's like, uh, the one that's like a quarter that's on YouTube? Oh yeah. That's the edit that we use. Uh, I was trying and then for our audience so they wouldn't get lost. The audience will always be lost. It's it's a lost cause, Allison. We can't no. save them. We can't. We we can't, sadly. But we can give them a discussion about a very good manga that we all read. Yay! Yeah, cause uh this week we're talking about BL Metamorphosis by Kaori Surutani. This is a manga that was licensed by Seven Seas a while back, and so far there's two volumes out, and we read both volumes, so uh, I thought it would be a fun little series to talk about. Yeah, something different for the one or two female people that listen to us. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is one of those series that I feel has some pretty wide appeal to, because, like, I guess to go into the basic premise, it's about uh, two women from two different generations. Uh, Ichinoi, kind of an old woman, and uh, Urara, who's like a high school girl. And despite their differences, they both enjoy BL manga. And it's kind of just about them bonding over their interest in BL. Like, they start hanging out at Ichinoi's place and just talking about BL manga and, like, what they're into. And it's a kind of a really fun, like, just light-hearted, like, series. It's super wholesome. Oh, so wholesome. Like, like I know a lot of people have, like, uh, especially, like, I would say probably, like, like straight male otaku they have this connotation that like bl is all like yaoi and it's all this like super horny very explicit pornographic type material but um not all of it is and like you get to see that in the way that like this is a very i would say like a family friendly kind of series like a like a book that you could show to um probably like a younger audience or like anyone really like a general ages type of manga yeah, for sure. I think going into kind of those misconceptions about BL, like, yeah, like, 
Especially, I know, like, growing up, like, I kind of avoided BL because I thought, oh, it's just, like, gay porn or something, which it's it's really not <laughs> at all. Um, and yeah, there, there's different levels to it. Like, I mean, two of the series that I've really enjoyed that are BL are, like, Given and I Cure the Sunspot. And those don't really have any, like, hardcore sex in them or anything. It's kind of, like, very touching relationships between guys which is kind of very interesting to read. And I think, like, what BL Metamorphosis really does well is that it conveys the appeal of BL, not just from, like, the fact that, like, oh, hey, it's just these two guys that are in love. It's like, oh, hey, you're getting invested in these stories and characters. Um, One interesting to note is that, like, it does kind of do this thing where it's kind of, you have one of the characters who's coming in from a newcomer's perspective, which in this case is Ichinoi, uh, while you have Urara, who's kind of a veteran BL reader. So it's kind of interesting having that kind of dichotomy there, where like you're getting these kind of first impressions, then you have Urara, who's kind of been reading BL for quite a while. Yeah, it kind of reminds me in like how I got into idol stuff. And, like, how I'm a newcomer at learning about all the different character names and all the voice names. And all the other women who are into it for a long time are telling me different names and their stories about the different voices and what they do in their spare time. But this is what it reminds me of when I read it. Yeah, and I think that helps, like, make the appeal of this manga transcend even BL readers themselves. Because I think you can honestly have never read BL at all and get invested in this manga just because of how it conveys all its ideas effectively. Yeah, like to start with, the whole reason that Ichinoi picks up the, the book is because she's in the bookstore and she's just like, oh, wow, there's so many manga here. I, it's been so long. Uh, I wonder how long it's been since I've read one of these. And she just picks up the first one that has like a really nice cover. And she's like, the art is lovely. And she she takes it to the cashier and that's Rara, and she's like, "Do you want a paper cover for this?" <laughs> <laughs> she knows what it is, and uh, she knows that uh, if be all in public, we're gonna get like looks or whatever. But uh, Missy Chino, she 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 doesn't realize. She's just like, "It's fine like that." And then the 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 other customer is like, "Hey." Was that a wasn't that a BL book? That old lady just bought BL. And then um oh that wasn't a customer, that was a that was a coworker. And then the manager was like, respect our customers' privacy, remember? <laughs> That's the kind of attitude that I feel is like appropriate and most most readers they they'll get like a feeling for like what, what to expect later on, basically. From how like the characters treat each other. Yeah, for sure. And I, I do like it that kind of addresses kind of like, oh, hey, BL is kind of one of those things that a lot of people aren't necessarily comfortable with other people knowing that they read. Like, um, Urara has like a secret stack of BL just hidden in her room in like a box. That's right. And like, uh, <laughs> she's trying to hide it from like her parents and even the boy that like she likes. And I do love the moment later on where, like, the boy just finds the box and he's just like, oh, okay. But I guess this is what Arana's into. And, like, <laughs> she's trying so hard to hide this with, like, he doesn't really care. Yeah, he's just, like, to each their own, right? Yeah, it's like, eh, everyone's into their stuff. I'm not gonna go read this other manga instead. It's cooler. 
manga fandom in general be like that, I wish, I guess. I don't know, I think manga fandom is a lot more toxic. They'll be like, oh, you like that series? You're terrible, get better taste. I think that's just online circles, though. Yeah, true. Sadly, not enough offline manga fans. Try to find them, but it's hard. We need real-life manga meetups. Once COVID's over, obviously. Not not right now. Book clubs. I wonder if there's a manga book club even near me. You could probably start one at the library once the COVID shit is over. Hmm. I have some at library, but it's mostly just teenagers and I'm old, so really I wouldn't fit in. Hooray for being old. We, we, we can't get in time, like, up with the times with those Zoomers. I'm too tired to keep up with Zoomers. Yeah, uh, one, one part of this uh, manga that I really liked is when they go to that uh, BL convention. Yeah, that was fun. Oh yeah, I I don't think it was even just that. It was just like Comic Cat. Yeah, it was. They called like Jay Garden, but it's essentially meant to be like a Comic Cat equivalent. And like, I love like how you like see like each and I kind of like taking it all in for the first time, like kind of being interested by all the different like stalls and the lines. Like she just like gets lost and goes up to like a random booth and just like starts reading the BL. <laughs> <laughs> It's so good. And, like, even the artist, like, that she's, like, reading it from is surprised that there's an old lady there. It's like we said before, it's just such a wholesome manga. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like um that was probably my favorite, like, storyline, I guess. Just, like, going to the the convention and seeing how how they would handle uh just, like, the fact that this is like an older lady and like a a younger kid who's I don't, she's not even like eighteen or whatever. So like the fact that they can like bond together and like uh connect over this like manga and stuff is just it is wholesome and it's also like I I really like the fact that um you could kind of just tell from her appearance that Urara is like uh like just like a nerd at school or whatever. Uh, she doesn't really have like a like a lot of close friends, um, she doesn't go out of her way to like. She has like a like a very, I don't know how to say this without sounding rude. Like a basic appearance. Like she doesn't, she doesn't like like care about makeup and shit like that. But uh, she still makes her friend with the the old lady, like Ichinoi. So then, because of that, she still has like uh, someone to share with like a common interest, and Ichinoi like ends up giving her like life lessons and stuff. Just, like, without even, like, trying. Just, like, dropping, like, nuggets of wisdom. The wise old lady. But no, that's an interesting point. Like, I remember, like, there's this one scene with uh, Urara where she's, like, seeing two other girls just talking about, like, a manga. And she's like, oh, I I wish I could talk like that with someone about, like, PL. I feel like sometimes... Yeah, and I think that's what makes talking to Ichinoi about it so appealing. It's like, she can finally talk about these series that she loves without feeling, like, embarrassed or ashamed of it. Yeah, it feels like me when, like, everyone's talking about shonen shit. And then I'm over here like, Hey man, new singing anime is pretty good. Or Sakaki when he talks about Sunday. Oh. Poor, poor Sakaki. Someone uh, let him make a Sunday podcast. 
Yeah, Shonen Sunday podcast with Bomberman, so we can learn more about manga that Viz won't bother with, because it isn't Takahashi or Conan or anime. I mean, we're getting the tale of the outcast next year. Yeah. And Call of the Night. Yep. Uh, one day they'll get something that's not a uh, Shonen thingamadoobble. I just want B-Blues, damn it. We all want B-Blues. Marion. Do you want B blues? Hell yeah. There we go. I don't go. know what it is, but I believe you. <laughs> it's it's a soccer manga. But uh moving back to this manga. I don't know, like a lot of this manga is really kind of just kind of like short little situations like between like Ichino and Urara. Like uh one of the th- interesting things it brings up is like kind of Urara's aspirations for, like, the future and stuff. And near the end of, like, Volume 2 especially, it starts bringing up, like, what does, like, Urara get out of BL? And what does it kind of inspire in her? And it sort of seems like the series is heading in a direction where, like, Urara is gonna try to, like, make her own BL manga. Oh, yeah, that's right. I really like that, because, um, part of, like, Urara's character is, uh, like because that she she doesn't have many friends that like, share with her interests with, she's yeah. naturally really shy. Um, but then like now that she has one who's like really like wants to like learn more about the subject and like uh kind of like not indulges but uh up, uh goads her on into like you know like teach me more and like uh like help me get more into this or whatever. That's like a natural result of that. And the fact that Ichinoi is always, is, she has, like, all this experience uh, throughout her life that she, like, the reason that she starts reading BL was she never really, like, read a lot of manga, especially while her husband was alive. But, like, now that she has, a, like, free time, I guess, uh, she wants to try, uh, like, expanding her. Mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. Um, and, like, the fact that she's so supportive of Rara is, like, yeah, like, we need more 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 manga that does that with like older people encouraging the younger generation yeah definitely especially like it's kind of cool having that kind of perspective there because yeah obviously Ichino is kind of on the other like spectrum of her life and like she's essentially kind of mentoring Urara in a way despite like them kind of talking about BL on like equal terms like there's also still that, like, seniority kind of situation there where, yeah, like, she is still a wise and, like, helpful mentor to Urara, especially for someone like her who's still kind of, like, going through the usual struggles of youth. I do find it, like, funny when, um, Ichinoi's daughter visits, uh, her house, and then Urara shows up, and, uh, she's just like, oh, wait, are you one of Ichinoi's students? <laughs> <laughs> I like the fact that uh that uh when when she when Urara shows up to the Ichinoi house like in uh after work cuz she's she's feeling kind of lost or whatever and she just wants like advice like I re- I really dig that cuz um it like it helps like further that dynamic and also just like it, it it's something that um I don't know, it makes their, their relationship a lot more nuanced, like, instead of just being, like, they're friends, but they're also, they have this kind of, like, back and forth where they give each other, like, 
like advice or input on like like helping each other make decisions and stuff yeah i feel that yeah i definitely agree with that oh yeah well, one other thing that i i really found amusing is um when they go uh to the jay garden event and they meet like the uh mangaka of the bl that they both read which is called like you're the only one i want to see um like one thing I found really funny is when uh, Ichinoe tells her to um, start, like, drawing the manga faster so that she can, like, read the ending by the time she, like, passes on. <laughs> that was so funny. It's so, like, dark. <laughs> like, she even does the math, like, in her head beforehand about, like, okay, it has to last this long for me to be able to see the ending. I also liked when she was learning about manga release schedules and was like, six months till the next volume comes out? What the heck? And I'm like, I feel Yeah, it's because she didn't know about the magazine. Yeah, and then like, yeah. she finds out like it's now being published in a magazine, and she's like telling Urara that they have to now discuss the monthly chapters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Except over here, it's like, we don't get shit until this acknowledges its existence, and then we have to wait six months for a new volume to come out so they don't sell that good. I mean, we still get simulpubs and stuff, so it's kind of like that experience, where it's like, oh, we now have to keep up with it on a monthly basis. Eh, at least they can buy it. Over here, we're kind of fucked. We have to hope someone in English picks it up and translates it. They don't even get simulpubs. Unless it's, like, mad popular or something. Based on by a famous author or whatnot. Like the amazing series Platinum End, that everyone loves. Don't, don't you love Platinum End, guys? Uh, I think you, you need to be a little more biting with your sarcasm. Okay. Now do we oh, bite on the microphone? Do we bite on the mic? Or do you mean, like, uh, metaphorically biting? Now we have to bite onto the manga. Oh. I, I I read this literally, so I can't really bite it. We have to bite our computers, then. Oh, my teeth hurt. I blame Marion for this. It's you my all fault for choosing the wrong word. <laughs> <laughs> you all thought I was dangerous. The real threat's Marion. I mean, Marion's Thanos. They've been collecting the Infinity Stones for a reason. Oh, yeah, it's true. He is Thanos. Maybe we should team up so that way... We can both kill people. Does Marion follow the lore of this podcast at all? I don't think so. Essentially, Allison has, like, murdered everyone. That's that's the lore in a nutshell. So, so Dumbweebs is basically, um, Mafia, but with Allison. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, this is, like, an alternate universe where we're all on a long bus ride and V-Lord's the bus driver. <laughs> He's taking you all to, uh, what's that show called? The Lost Village? Mayoga. Yes. Oh, yeah. Y'all should watch that for one of your episodes. But do we have any, like, uh, any other, like, uh, thoughts about this manga? I feel like we kind of hit most of the bases. Yeah, we touched most of it. I think, um, yeah, uh, for the most part, um, I think this manga would not be the same if not for just like Ichinoi and the way that she's handled um just like as an elderly character um i think she's she's obviously like very believable 
um the art does a good job of like selling people's expressions and there's a lot of really like tender moments and i feel like the 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 tender the tender moments between uh ichinoi and urara uh like help really sell their connection as friends if yeah. not for that then it would have been it would have been really hard to like just kind of like accept the fact that this uh this teenager and this like old lady are like really friends yeah i just think it's good also seeing like a different age representation in manga because a lot of manga have teenagers in high school or little kids as main characters while this one has an older person who's like retired age as a main character yeah i mean i think the generational gap is definitely one of the big draws of the series for me especially since like in a way it kind of is realistic like when you think about it from arts perspectives like especially like for people who are in like online manga communities where like let's face it sometimes we're interacting with people like 10 years of like above our age but we still have common interests and i think like it's kind of a more extreme of that where it's like yeah you have these big age differences but like at the end of the day you can still have these common interests and bond over it and I, i that's what i find so fascinating I also just find it fascinating how they did it with, like, a genre that's, like, the black sheep, redheaded stepchild of manga fandom. Because everyone usually bonds over shonen jump shit, or shoujo, or jose, or seinen, but nobody really bonds over BL things. It's usually, like, the black sheep, redheaded stepchild thing. I don't know, I think people usually bond over BL, but it's, like... It does kind of add an extra layer to it, since it is like a genre of manga that a lot of people are less kind of open about reading. It's just like less mainstream. Yeah, it's it's less mainstream in a way. Obviously, there's still like a very passionate BL community. We wouldn't have like so many BL manga coming out now um, if it weren't for that. But I, I think it does kind of add kind of an extra layer to this where it's like yeah it's not only just manga it's bl manga it's a very specific niche yet like you still have these people that are bonding over this niche i think like the fact that this isn't an actual like bl is what makes it like very i guess like mainstream like this is what makes it palatable to people who don't actually read it because it's like it's not a it's not a manga where it's quote unquote actually happening but it's about people who are like reading about it um that makes it that that puts like another like perspective on it that uh probably makes it easier for people who would not normally be into this to take a peek in and see like oh so what so how is this yeah i definitely agree it's kind of like we said earlier where it's like at the end of the day it's kind of about this kind of bonding over a love of a medium and i don't think you necessarily have to be into their specific interest to be like uh compelled by this manga just because of like how it conveys its ideas of like yeah we just love bl and like we just love talking about it and it's just like really kind of appealing in that way because you're here for the characters i do kind of love the like little dramatized bl scenes that they show in the manga though Cause like whenever like Ichino is reading it, they'll ha- show like little panels from it. I'm like, I kind of want to read this manga. It, it seems kind of cute. 
and her I, reactions too. She she finishes and she's like, "You go, Sakura. I'm rooting for you." I like how, like, I think it was in Volume One where Uru got her like a more raunchy one, and she oh, yeah. was, and she was panicking, thinking that she wouldn't like the steamy stuff. Yeah, it's like, oh no, she'll never talk to me again. Yeah, Ichinoi's not a prude. Yeah, and Ichinoi was reading the steamy scenes and was like, hey, hey, this is interesting. And she didn't really take much offense to it. She was just like, this is this is a thing that happens, I guess. <laughs> Ichinoi's been around the bush enough times to know what goes on in BL. Yeah. <laughs> and real life. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she has children, so... It's funny because like uh, I'm like reading I'm like reading right now in chapter 19 where uh, and like the character Sakura just like left or whatever and left like a note and then she's like thinking to herself as she's like stirring ink uh, she's like he just he just walked away but he had no reason to leave and she like sighs and then the the little kid that she, she's teaching calligraphy to is like is my writing bad <laughs> she's like no I'm sorry it's lovely. <laughs> in a way like it, it's funny because um you could almost hear that comment of like oh is my writing bad like uh like a comment on, on like the actual manga that she was just thinking about because like she's the one criticizing it like he had no reason <laughs> yeah i hate when that happens in my romance novels too <laughs> now i really want to see uh like in later events uh, once, because uh, I think Urara, she her her father offered to buy her like a book or whatever at the bookstore, and she was looking at the how to draw manga ones, but she she didn't say anything. Uh, I want her to like get better at art or whatever, and then maybe come up with a story with or have Ichinoi come up with a story. That'd be really cute. Yeah, that that would be really interesting. I mean, they do mention like they want to go to that uh next like uh bl event that's in i think it was either the spring or the winter like the next coming season so like yeah. it'd be interesting like the story kind of goes like they'll try to like make a kind of bl story together and then distribute it maybe there or show it off there yeah like a small zine or something yeah that, that'd be kind of cool yeah there's definitely a series though that i want to read more of like it, it was really adorable and like fun yeah, a good way to branch out from just doing action stuff, I guess. Like, you know, something different. A lot of manga podcasts usually focus on the action-y stuff. It's good to read more interesting things. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely, like, not a picky reader, so, like, I, I love reading things that are outside my comfort zone. Though this is not really outside my comfort zone. At all, like I, I like these type of stories. They're they're always fun. Yeah, like I said, this is very family friendly. And like you, can, you could recommend this to anyone. I would say. Yeah, don't don't let the BL in the title make you think that this is actual BL because it's it's not. Oh yeah, uh, just like another another story that has the title Metamorphosis and is written by someone that that has a K in their name. This is pretty good. Shout out to English Lit. 300. Yeah, English lit 300. Isn't there also that hentai that's called Metamorphosis? By Shindoel? Yeah, yeah. by Shindoel. 
Like, literally, when Allison said, hey, we should, like, talk about metamorphosis, I'm like, wait, the Shindo L hentai? I mean, I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to it. But no, uh, no, nah, I'm glad uh, we decided to cover this. It's, it's a really fun manga. Yeah, definitely check it out if you haven't already. Yeah, you, you can buy it basically everywhere. It's on Bookwalker and physically and wherever else Seven Seas sells their books. All hail Seven Seas. All hail Seven Seas. Arr. Arr. Please sponsor. But yeah, I guess so. Uh, we should wrap up here then. So, Allison, where can people find you? Uh, at meowth900.twitter.com Whole bunch of events are starting up in Mobages again. I think Bay 3 is going to have more story content. Twitter's freaking out about that on my end. I have no idea what's going to happen. I just know there's new boys on the loading screen, and I'm excited to learn about more of them. And also, preparing for going back to the grind, and also trying to figure out which shows come out next season, because, oh my god, it's stacked. Oh yeah, fall anime. Yeah. Idol 7 Season 2, finally back from the hiatus, V-Lord. Hooray! I mean, we also have, like, Tonukaku Kawaii and, uh, like, 20 other shows to talk about. That'll be an interesting Dumb Weebs episode. Yeah. Everybody's getting their food in full. For sure. But, Marion, where can people find you? Uh, people can find me on Twitter, at Microwavy, the E before the V. I have a link to a card, uh, on there, with all the other projects that I have, um, like Beeler said, I have a whole bunch of other podcasts that I co-host on. Um, at Good Friends Cast, at Haiku Pod, at D Slayer Podcast, at Dorohadoro Pod, and uh, many others. I'm uh, just like a, a guest that people just invite me up sometimes. Uh, I write reviews and um, editorials for Toonami Faithful, uh, WSS Talkback, and my own personal blog, uh, Heaven's Doorknob. At yeah, definitely follow both of these guys. They both do awesome stuff. But as far as myself goes, you can find me on Twitter at VLORDGTZ. I'm usually on there talking about whatever I'm doing, which is usually reading manga, writing reviews, and not sleeping. It is an endless cycle. But you can find my manga and light novel reviews over on all-comic.com, as well as my Tanami-related writing over on tanamifaithful.com. So check out both of those sites. But as far as podcasting is concerned, uh, I first up host the Demon Slayer podcast with Marion. And you can find that on Twitter at DSlayer Podcast. And that is streaming on basically every podcast platform out there. So go look it up and check it out. Even YouTube? Except for YouTube. Except for YouTube. <laughs> but as far as the Dumb Weebs podcast is concerned, you can find that on Twitter at Dumb Weebs Pod. And it's also on every single streaming platform out there for podcasts that you can think of probably apple Podcasts, spotify uh, anchor you name it we're there so just go check us out subscribe and enjoy our episodes 
But that does it for this episode, so we will see you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.